welcome to Body Truth, a podcast that explores the relationship that we have with our body, food, and life told through a storytelling lens. I'm your host, Caitlin Parsons. I'm a certified intuitive eating and body image coach committed to changing the cultural narrative around how we take up space. Each week, you'll hear from thought leaders who are ready to dismantle shame through sharing vulnerably. We'll discuss everything from individual body image stories to challenging cultural messages, reshaping beliefs, practical support tools, and more. We'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll heal. Let's take the next step towards embodying our truth together. Hi. So today it is just you and me. Here's what I'm thinking. I am going to start sharing some solo episodes, probably alternating this on a bi-weekly basis because I want to offer you some really laser-focused coaching advice, tips for your own personal healing process. And I know how it is sometimes when you just want something to listen to, something to inspire you or to support you, but you don't want to spend more than 30 minutes or you know, however long you have in your time budget for the day because your time is precious. So I want to start offering that to you, just these little quick snippets as we continue having really incredible women on the show talking about their body image stories and their own personal expertise, just another option for you to get support and for us to connect in a different way. So that being said, that's the plan. And I want to kick this off by talking about something that has been on my mind for a while now. I have spoken up about this in a lot of interviews that I've done and have sprinkled this into content and have certainly talked about this with clients and whatnot, but we haven't talked about it too much on the podcast. And that is the difference between intuitive eating and eating intuitively. I was certainly confused by this when I was learning about intuitive eating years ago. And at that moment in my own journey, it was deeply triggering to me. And I I was also like I mentioned, really just confused by the concept of intuitive eating. And I thought that it meant that you were just giving up on yourself. I didn't feel like it would work for me because at that time I was binge eating and I was thinking, well, if I give myself permission to eat, what difference is that going to make as opposed to when I am binging? If I'm giving myself permission to eat, won't I just be in this place of discomfort with my body and myself and my self-trust, just like I am now. Um, I just, I wasn't too sure if it would work for me. I wasn't too sure what it was. And I see a lot of misrepresentation around intuitive eating right now. I see a lot of um, just mixed messages, confusion. Uh, My mentors who founded 
<laughs> the movement <laughs> intuitive eating are very outspoken about the way that this movement gets um, just kind of sideswept and um, I, what's the word I want to use for this? Just kind of like hijacked, I guess, and kind of morphed into something that it's not. So all of this is really inspired because a few months ago, I guess, someone reached out to me on Instagram and shared a post from a pretty well-known celebrity nutritionist who was sharing all of her thoughts on intuitive eating and what she thought intuitive eating was. And this is somebody with massive influence. Um, and basically she kind of made it sound like intuitive eating had no structure at all, that you basically were just kind of um, not really approaching your relationship with food or your body from an empowered place and to each their own, right? You are allowed to have whatever kind of opinion you want to have. And it's also a reflection of wherever you're at on your journey. So if, if this person has this opinion, that's their opinion. I want to speak up about it because I, I think it's really um, harmful when we don't have all of the information to be able to speak up about things in a really um, empowered, intelligent way. So here's the deal. Intuitive eating is different from eating intuitively. I always like to describe the difference as eating intuitively is kind of the goal by way of intuitive eating. So intuitive eating is actually an evidence-based framework to heal your relationship with food and your body. It has about 125 different scientific studies to date. It was developed by the dietitians Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch, who I've done my personal certifications with. Um, and it is a weight neutral health at every size approach to do this work. It is based on 10 principles. That being said, it is not a 10 step program. All of these principles are avenues to do this work. So an example of this might be, let's see, the one of the principles is honoring your hunger and, and your fullness. Those are two principles. Well, for somebody that might not be the first point of entry, very often the first point of entry, which is another principle is, um, rejecting the diet mentality and really, you know, just getting curious about where that diet mentality is coming up for you. That awareness is so crucial. So all of that to say, when we start to unpack this, when we start to go through the framework of intuitive eating and slowly and patiently and compassionately and curiously adopting these principles, that's 
allows us to rebuild the essential trust with our body that has been disrupted by diet culture. And that trust is creating all of this fear that is being perpetuated by posts like this that are coming out, right? It's the fear that I experienced when I was kind of dipping my toes into the intuitive eating world, just trying to figure out what it was. I didn't trust myself because it had been massively disrupted by diet culture, by systems of oppression, by all of these areas in my life that led me to feel like I couldn't trust my body. Like I couldn't trust myself, like I was broken and I needed a plan. I needed to validate myself through an external tool versus my ability to trust my my body and my body's intuition, my body's wisdom. Use whatever word you want. If intuition feels like too out there, you don't have to use it. I like to say my you know, body's wisdom, wisdom, body's my relationship with my body, like whatever that means for you. Right. And this is where I personally like to take intuitive eating and kind of break it up in a way that works for the person individually, because you know your body better than anyone. And I know that might feel like a really far stretch right now because you might be feeling like you can't trust it and you might be feeling like you don't know what's best for it or you don't know how to listen to it. Maybe you're mad at it. Maybe you're grieving something. Maybe you are in this intense state of desire, wishing that it was something that it's not. All of these things are normal. All of these things are valid. All of these things are elements of that disruption that has been caused by diet culture. So I want to I want to just kind of separate the two so that you have an understanding of what this work is and so that you kind of have some language in your toolkit when conversations like this come up or questions or posts like this, things flying around the internet internet, or wherever you're hearing things like this, intuitive eating doesn't mean that all structure goes out the window. It really means that you are building structure back into your relationship with food because you're able to trust your body. And what's so cool, you know, there's so many different phases of intuitive eating. Um, it is physical, it is mental, it is emotional. It is such a reductive statement to just assume that it's an unstructured way to navigate your relationship with food. There are so many different uh, elements that come up in this healing process. And so just taking that into consideration as well too, that the structure that most people are afraid is not going to be there in intuitive eating actually develops really naturally when you start to rebuild your relationship with food and you start to rebuild that trust with your body that has been sabotaged. 
example of this. So I, I, when I started intuitive eating, I'm trying to figure out how I want to share this with you. When I started intuitive eating, I literally had like a list of foods that was not written down, but kind of in my head, a list of foods that were okay to eat and foods that I felt safe eating. And I had kind of created this rule for myself for so long that I didn't even really know if I liked those foods or not. I didn't even really know how they made me feel. And the foods that were not on that list, my binge foods or my cheat foods or my foods that perpetuated all of this anxiety and shame and all of these things, I actually didn't really know deep down how I felt about those foods either. It was so black and white. It was so all or nothing, a pattern that was showing up in all of these different areas of my life. And it's very often true for my clients as well too, this all or nothing cycle. And so when I started to really unpack all of this and dig into my relationship with food and do this deep healing, I really looked at food on a step-by-step basis and how it made me feel physically, mentally, emotionally, getting really curious with all of this and having that knowledge to inform my decisions around how I wanted to eat moving forward. This certainly did not happen overnight. And it is such a, oh, it's such a moment for deep self-compassion in the process too, because we're so ingrained to want that quick fix. We've been taught, especially in a millennial culture, we've been taught to just expect that quick fix in all of these different areas of our life. But unfortunately, this type of work is super far from a quick fix. And so it did require a lot of patience and a lot of self-compassion and just learning how to sit in that discomfort. Guess what? It's not always that uncomfortable. And it's not about crossing a finish line and achieving like this perfect healing and this perfect relationship with food. Really looking at perfectionism is a huge part of this as well too. It's really understanding that this is a journey. Our relationship with food is just like any other relationship that we have in our life. It's our most important relationship that we have. And so just breaking up with that assumption that it is going to be a quick fix and an easy and super obvious and just building that into this work is really important too. So wrapping back around to what I was sharing before, when I was when I was able to really get clear about what foods I liked, how food made me feel physically, mentally, and emotionally, all of these things, I was actually able to build structure into my day in a really easy and empowered way without feeling like I had to do a bunch of research or, you know, take a lot of time. You know, as I started to really understand how food worked with my body, it gave me more creativity to just kind of experiment with how to put food together. And it challenged me to break up with 
food that I thought that I should have and to, again, get curious about trying foods and learning from how they made me feel and moving forward. Guess what? Love, we're all creatures of habit, especially in this culture. If if you live in America, I think it's really just humans in general though. So, you know, country aside, we're all creatures of, of habit. And certainly this comes with some privilege um, based on socioeconomic status and, you know, so many different things. But for the most part, we, we tend to eat the same five-ish meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, right? So even, and that's not to say that it can't change. It's not to say it should change, you know? It absolutely will change if you give yourself that permission to let it. But when you really start to understand how foods make you feel and you can heal your relationship with the rules, with the rigidity, with the shoulds around what you should be eating and start adding in more variety and deepening your understanding of what feels really satisfying for you, that's when the creatures, creature of habit framework and all of the foods becomes more fun because like the foods that you're gravitating towards feel more enjoyable and also healing and this work just allows you not to sweat the small stuff over time, right? Because it does take time. So, you know, if I'm traveling, what I'm eating is going to look different than when I'm at home. When I have a full day of clients and projects, what I'm eating is probably going to look a little bit different than if I have a completely open schedule, right? All of this is based on um, what tastes good, the type of satiety and energy that I need for the day, um, you know, how I, how I'm feeling just in general, if I need something more grounding, if I need something light, what I'm craving, all of these things are, are just aspects to consider. But that being said, they don't shift the the challenge of creating meals and choices around food. They're just information. So intuitive eating is really like building your personal toolkit in your own relationship with food and your body. So all of this to say, zooming out again, I just wanted to share this because I think it's important to really understand this when you are coming up against different messages and different, different people's opinions. And, um, you know, I, I always want to empower you to make the best choices for yourself and to be well-informed, um, and to really have the lay of the land, especially as it relates to food and our bodies. This is, there's just so many layers here, so many layers and it's really fun to unpack and it is really empowering the deeper that we dig and the more tools that we build in. Um, so all that to say, they are different. Intuitive eating is different from eating intuitively. I hope I made that clear just in terms of all of these examples and whatnot. If you have any questions about this, please send me a message on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to to connect. Um, you can also send me a message over email, 
hello at caitlinparsons.com. That's the best way to reach out. And if you are feeling that pull through this information that you are really at a place where you're ready to heal your own relationship with food and your body, take that as a sign, you know, this might be a great opportunity to book a call and we can discuss, we can discuss what the best next step is for you. Might be coaching with me, might be another resource, might be coaching with someone else. That's why I always like to say this is for you. I, I only work one-on-one with clients. You might not want one-on-one, but through our consultation call, we'll get really clear on where you're at, where you are looking to go. It gives me an opportunity with your permission to dig in a little bit and illuminate some of the root causes that are keeping you stuck. And once we have all of this information, then we decide on the best next step for you, whether that's coaching with me or another path. All of this is for you and your best, um, your intention. And so if you are ready to do that, then go to my website, caitlinparsons.com. You can book a call there and we will set it up and get clear on the best next step for you. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Let's spread this message and really break up with the idea that intuitive eating and eating, eating intuitively are the same. Okay. I love you. I will talk to you later and have a good week. That's our show. Thank you for spending time with us today. Our show producer is Stephanie Olea. Shayla Anderson is our community manager. For more information around healing your own relationship with food and body image, click the show notes and you'll find direct links to our guests plus resources and more. If this conversation resonated with you, please leave a review and share it with a friend so that we can continue to heal and empower these important topics around our relationship with food and body. Sending you so much love, confidence, and strength. I'll see you next week for another episode.